gotta love when you run out of space on your hard drive and your program crashes. So <laughs> uh, luckily we were already um, just about done with chapter 10 and I didn't know that chapter would be so, I didn't know I had so much, so many notes on that chapter. Uh, but just got to remember that when we're looking to evoke the polar, the evoke the essence that we want from our partners, um, that we play into the essence that we naturally are or the, ness- the essence that is naturally opposite of what um, we want from them. So if I want my partner to be a little bit more feminine, I have to evoke more masculine energy. And if I want my partner to be more masculine, I have to evoke more feminine energy. <clears throat> chapter 11, my, one of my favorite quotes in chapter 11 is when our partner hurts us, it is very it is often very difficult to remain open to him or her. Yet we gain nothing by closing down, turning away, or punishing our partner, even if he or she has intentionally hurt us. Now, that is a tall ask for me specifically, um, but I also acknowledge that the reason that that is such a tall ask is because of my history. It's because of how I felt um, non-protected or how I felt taken advantage of in my past or how I felt like being open or being vulnerable has always led to me being hurt. And in, I mean, we're all looking to protect our necks. We're all looking to protect our hearts at the end of the day, right? So we have to really be mindful of um, staying open, which could be easier for the feminine than the masculine, or it could be easier for the masculine than the feminine. It just depends on who you are, what your history is, and what you're dedicated um, to doing, how you're dedicated to improving your relationship. And while it may not be automatic, if you can start with the acknowledgement that you uh, do withdraw easily uh, and you have a preference to withdraw or to punish, um, no one wins there. No one wins. Even if your partner does it intentionally. Because more often than not, people hurt, hurt people, hurt people. I got it from a Joe Budden song. And uh, we have to really acknowledge the fact that there is pain, there is discomfort. Um, and staying open is way more difficult, but in the end, way more beneficial to both parties. If nothing else, for you as a as a person in the relationship, right? So we're not even talking about the relationship. Let's just talk about you as the person that is um, feeling slighted by staying open, by staying vulnerable. That creates a strength in you that you can cultivate. Um, is there more freedom within marriage for the masculine? Maintaining freedom versus being free in intimate communion. Truly giving love for the sake of giving. Risking rejection or not having love reciprocated. Love anyway. And again, that works on the person more so. And I guess working on the person um, brings benefit to the relationship, right? Um, So if I can say, hey, despite the fact that you cheated me in this business I'm dealing, I'm not going to cut myself off completely to dealing with anyone else that comes from your uh, background, right? So anyone that's a Capricorn, I'm not going to stop dealing with Capricorns because this one Capricorn hurt me. No, instead, I'm going to choose to stay open and just be a little bit more cautious, but also understanding that the more I, the more I try to protect myself and, and stay in a close, safe space, uh, the more I'm cheating myself on what I have to expose myself to, right? 
to life. If I choose to stay in my neighborhood and never venture out because this person died or that person died or that person got robbed or that plane crashed, there's so there's a myriad of reasons. There's a million reasons not to. And all you need is one reason too. I tell that I say that all the time when it comes to relationships as well. We have so many reasons, especially in today's age. We have so many reasons not to be in a relationship. But who benefits from that? Right? Who benefits from these like solitary people? They're all doing their own things and doing their own things at their own time. I, I don't think any of us win from that on 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 the scale of the majority. So um, being a little bit more selfless, I think, is something that we can strive towards being. And um, selflessness includes being open, being vulnerable, and giving people the benefit of the doubt. If your partner hurts you, it's because that partner is hurt. And versus taking it and internalizing it, realize that this is person this is a person that you've chose that you've chosen and hopefully that person isn't trying to um, bring you down and don't let them bring you down at the end of the day make sure that there is an acknowledgement of the hurt of the malice and let's move through that and if that means that the relationship has to end well then it's when it's course but if you can grow from that there is an exponential amount of growth and closeness that can come from that resolution. So let's keep that in mind as we're loving and being loving people to each other. The book says, the masculine knows that to be free is to be able to remain open in love through gain and loss. We think about our freedom, and earlier in the book it talks about how the masculine really values its freedom. And the giving up, quote unquote, of that freedom for the sake of relationship feels like a sacrifice. And in actuality, um, I can argue that that sacrifice is similar to the sacrifice of going to the gym, similar to the sacrifice of, hey, I'm not I'm no longer eating anything sweet before 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. Or I'm no longer eating anything sweet at all. You know, cutting things out of your diet that brings you pleasure ultimately brings you more freedom because of the longevity of life, because of the health benefits, because of the money saved, because of the benefits of the habits that you form. There are so many other things that you benefit from, but you have no idea about because you're still fixated on the fact that you have to give this one particular thing up, right? So if I can't have um, frivolous sex with other women anymore because I'm in a monogamous relationship, that feels like a sacrifice. And um, at the end of the day, the benefit that comes from that is immeasurable, right? That discipline of saying, hey, no, I can say no to something like this. Or, you know what, I don't have to, you know, deal with health concerns. Or I know that the partner that I have is pouring into me in a way that um, casual encounters could never, right? My partner is investing in me in a way that these casual people that are in my life could never. And that brings me closer to not only them, but to loving in a very intimate and communal way. <clears throat> the last chapter, chapter 12, starts off. When you cease looking backward or forward in time for more, re for more freedom or more love, you can begin to relax into who you are right now. And wow. I think about my dog, Dubious. I had him for almost 10 years. And the relationship that we had is one that I don't know how I could ever replicate, right? The person who I was um, at that time, the things that I was introduced to, 
the ways that I was that I was able to um, be responsible for not only myself but him, and I really wanted him to have a good quality of life. So I was okay with sacrificing a lot. I didn't go uh, to happy hour after work. I didn't go to so many functions that were fun because I was dedicated to making sure, hey, you know what, my dog needs to get out because he's been in the house for six, eight hours, you know, this day. And before I do anything, I make it a priority to make sure that I can attend to my dog. And it's been about four years since my dog passed, and I think I'm ready to have another dog. And the reason I think I'm ready is because I no longer am trying to, in my mind, compare or uh, replicate what I had with him. So before it was like, okay, if I get this breed or if I get another boy or if I get this boy in this kind of condition, then I'm going to have the exact same relationship that I had before. And I knew when I thought like that, I wasn't ready to have a relationship again with another dog. So now that I'm sad about the end of that relationship, but I've also kind of understood that it's run its course, that it benefited me in a way that I would be totally and always grateful for. I know that whatever comes next won't be the same, but it will be built on the foundation that I had with him. And similar to any relationship that I've had with an intimate partner, I will not compare the partners that I've had in my past with a partner that I have now or in the future because it doesn't serve anyone to think about the past or to think about who you want in the future. But to be who you are right now and to learn the lessons that you can learn with the, with the particular person that you've chosen. Hugely beneficial. Um, again, this, this relationship thing isn't meant to just be love. It isn't meant to um, to just uh, bring you know great feelings to both parties. It is meant for your human development. Your development as a loving person, first and foremost. Your development as a soul, in my mind. And... We have to really acknowledge that each person that is in our life is here for a reason and a season. And for us to take advantage by being the best person we can be first. And that allows us to be a better partner, learning from our mistakes, growing in that relationship with whoever we choose to be with. Hugely beneficial for both for all parties involved. Mm. Our true nature is to be loving, free, and happy as divine beings. When we no longer feel this way, that's when suffering begins. So we search for more and stop tapping into the infinite source within. within. Whenever I'm feeling like I'm not uh, capable enough or my partner can find something different or something better or something that aligns with them in a, in a, in a way that I can't, that takes away from... Not only the relationship, but that takes away from me being the evolving person that I am, right? It takes away from the course that I'm on. And without trying to add too much spiritual uh, aspect to this book, I think we really have to remember that whoever we've attracted um, is choosing us. And we are choosing them because that's who we've attracted. So I won't say that the bad things that happen, you've chosen I'm not going to say that the bad people or the bad events that have happened in our life we've chosen, but we absolutely are divine beings that are playing this role for a specific reason, for the experience, for the opportunities to grow, to develop, and to you know help somebody else out. So if the relationship that I have and the books that I'm reading and the podcast that I'm providing is um, going to benefit somebody else in the far future, uh, then the great. If David Data was thinking about me in particular when he was writing the book, great. I benefit from it. 
But if he was solely thinking about me and not his personal development, I don't think I would have um, extracted all of the details that have been so influential in my life um, as much as I have. Instead, um, similarly to this uh, to this podcast, I want to do what's best for me right now and to learn all of the parts that I need to learn from whatever I'm reading in order to move forward in the relationships that I want to in the evolution that I have in this lifetime. And I think that we can all do so uh, with the gifts that we've been provided uh, so long as we have our selfishness in mind, right? This is the one time where I think selfishness is a good thing. I am trying to be the best person I can be in this lifetime. I'm trying to grow and evolve in the best manner possible. And that involves me being uncomfortable, putting myself in situations that make me uncomfortable. Opening my heart is very uncomfortable, but there is so much to learn from that discomfort. Many men experience orgasm as an approximation of this feeling of freedom, release, and tension-free stillness. The little death, I think it's called. Um, I don't know. The translation from the French phrase um, is little death. And that stillness, that peace, that release is uh, its amazing. <laughs> what else do you say about it? It is something that uh, is sought after often. But um, it could also be a reason to uh, uh, a scapegoat, right? Uh, it's almost like um, a numb, a numbing agent. And we have to realize that um, we cannot use these different tools, whether it's masturbating, whether it's masturbating with a partner, um, whether it's just seeking casual encounters, anything that isn't depth, anything that isn't serving more than the physical, we have to really kind of pay attention to and understand that um, it may not be serving us in a way that we think it is, or it may be harming us more than it's serving us. The second stage of masculine loves losing himself, dying to his awareness of himself in a good conversation, in good music, or in a good book, right? Um, control is something that the masculine is so known for, direct pushiness. These are all aspects of the masculine, but in a more evolved um, masculine dynamic, there is a an ability to release. Uh, I think about, there's so many wars going on online when it comes to Twitter, uh, but there are... <laughs> There is something uh, I wish I could remember how, exactly what it was or if I could pull it up. But it was like if a man loses himself in music too much, that's kind of suspicious and suspicious in a way. And, and they're saying that, like, if he is enjoying something too much and he kind of loses himself or releases himself from that, like, control, that stoicness, that is a sign of femininity or overt femininity. And that needs to be quelled or something like that. And I couldn't I couldn't disagree more music specifically. Losing yourself in a good book, of course, um, but in music, losing yourself in a feeling, um, we should never try to, uh, we should never try to like punish men or embarrass men for these kinds of things, because in the end, you're going to get a very shadow-filled version of masculinity, and I guarantee that's not that's one that no one wants. Man cannot compare to a woman's capacity for sexual intimacy. Lord, we know that's right. Man seeks release. Woman seeks fulfillment. Outside of love, 
man can't satisfy a woman's need for fulfillment. And I thought that that was a really great dynamic as well because it shows that polarity again. This whole concept of masculine, feminine, and how men and women um, come together is it's almost poetic. It's so beautiful in that a man is looking for release. A man is looking for emptiness. And a woman is looking for fulfillment. A woman is looking to be fulfilled, right? Filled fully um, by intimate interactions. And with that in mind, I think both partners can effectively give the other partner that in a way that they couldn't give to themselves, right? In a way, really satisfying my desire for release makes me, gives me space to fill my partner up or to try to fill my partner up, to give my partner whatever they need for their fulfillment. And in the other way as well, if a feminine woman is fulfilled, she has no, she her cup is overflowing. I think that she has no reservation about making sure that her partner is fully released and relaxed in that moment and in that intimate interaction. The feminine's energy, whether her radiant energy of love or her de- or her deviated emotional neediness, is just too much for most men. I'm going to leave that there. Because I'm still learning how to manage both my emotions and my emotions in a relationship. So really understanding how, earlier in the book it says women are a bit more evolved when it comes to their stages. I don't think 50-50 really works for the feminine in essence. 50-50 isn't something that, no, that it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It looks good on paper, but it doesn't work because we are so much more. Feelings cannot be accounted for. They can't be quantified. And... Uh, that, that sentence right there uh, is just too much for most men is something that we have to understand we won't be adequate, right? We'll never, we'll never be, as a masculine essence, it'll never be enough. Whatever I give is never enough, and that's just going to have to be okay. Uh, the other day I thought about how different we date the masculine and feminine, feminine essences. Uh, the masculine essence... When I date, I date from the bottom up, meaning my cup is empty when I meet somebody. And jelly bean jar, uh, Dante Nero has a great jelly bean jar analogy and says, whenever I'm dating somebody and they and I feel that they are loving me the way that I want to be loved, I subconsciously put jelly beans in a jelly bean jar. And I want to fill that jar up. And the more full that jar is, the more I'm willing to give of myself to that partner, the more I'm willing to do, the more that I'm willing to sacrifice, the more that I'm willing to make them a priority in my life. And I think the opposite may be true for the feminine essence. When the feminine essence meets somebody who is compatible to them, they feel overwhelmed with all of this love, all of this gratitude, all of this excitement and energy, because this is the person that I want to dedicate myself to. This is the person that I've been looking for. This is the person that I'm so grateful to have. This is my person and nobody else can compare. And slowly we become more human. <laughs> slowly the man that they choose starts to show himself as an imperfect person, as a person that makes mistakes, as a person that has bad habits. And we stop being that superhuman person that our partner sees us as. And it has to be, man, 
That is sad. I feel sad knowing that my partner isn't going to see me the way they saw me when they first met me, right? The person that I am 5, 10, 15 years from now is going to be more authentically me, but the person that they had in mind, I want to be that person. I want to be that superhero. I want to be that, like, yeah, that person is faultless and all that stuff, and I want to be as close to that person as possible. But I have to be okay with them seeing my flaws and my faults and I have to be okay with disappointing them. I have to be okay with them understanding that I am not this amazing. I am, but I am not whoever they thought of whenever they first met me. And I am humbled by that truly. When a man is rested in his true being, he may be deeply involved in an intimate relationship, but it is not essential to his happiness. He knows he is happy alone. He knows he is happy in a relationship. If his chosen partner wants to love him, his love flows freely. If she wants to bitch, his love flows freely. I think that's going to be my theme for my next relationship as well. Love anyways. So often I've dealt with relationships in that if I'm not getting what I want, you're not getting what you want. And once I get what I want, you get what you want. If you're providing for me, I'm providing for you kind of thing. And that isn't the the action. Those aren't the actions of a true foundation, right? Um, if the masculine essence is the foundation of a relationship, is the foundation of a household, is the foundation of whatever endeavor, business, whatever it's going to be, then I cannot be swayed by the changing of the tides. I cannot be swayed by the wind, right? However I choose to love is what I choose to do. And I'm going to do that regardless of what my partner does for me. Now, maybe they can exponentially grow that, right? Maybe I can be more, if my jelly bean jar is full, I can be more loving. I can be more of these things. But if I'm choosing to love, I'm going to love regardless. And I remember we were talking about in The the Art of Loving by Eric Fromm. We talked about how uh, with children, the father's love is um, manipulatable. You can manipulate the father's love more so than you can the mother's love. The mother is going to love you regardless of regardless, right? There is no way for you to kind of like gain more favor or less favor with the mother. But with the father, you can by obeying, by being dutiful, by um, exceeding their expectations. The father has more love or is demonstrating more love. And I think the masculine essence is that you can manipulate the masculine essence. But I also know that there is a point where my baseline of love needs to be more than what it was before. My baseline of I'm going to love you anyway, no matter how you treat me until, you know, there has to be a limit, of course. But if it's just emotional, if it's just you're going through whatever, whatever, I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to choose to love you. And I'm going to make sure that I'm communicating that I am loving you, um, especially if I'm not feeling the love reciprocated in, in one way or the other. So I have to improve upon that and, uh, and love anyways, I think is what I'm going to take away from chapter 12. I have a, a couple of more quotes. And the last, the last two are, when do, our, when do we realize that our feeling of insufficiency results from the tension of the search, of the search itself, right? So 
if I am looking to make more money, it's because I feel that the money that I'm making is insufficient versus doing more that I'm aligned with and allowing the money to come to me because I'm doing what my purpose is. And I think the same thing when it comes to love. If I'm loving in the way that is genuine to me and the partner that I'm with or the situation that I'm in makes me feel like this is insufficient, there's no problem. If I know that I'm doing what I need to be doing and I'm doing my best, then maybe that is a relationship that I need to move myself from. That is a relationship that has served me and allowing me to understand that this is incompatible in the same way of a job as well in the same way as any kind of position that you're in making sure that you're aligning with yourself and that what you're doing is benefiting you excuse me not benefiting you but is aligning with who you are whatever doesn't come or whatever does come is due to that so the insufficiency the feeling of lack and the chasing of the money is the reverse. If we're chasing more alignment and we're chasing that feeling of sufficiency, that feeling of fulfillment, then there's no way that that lack is going to exist because we're doing exactly what's in alignment and what's in our purpose. And whatever we want will be a product of that alignment. The last quote that I have from Intimate Communion, chapter 12, and I quote, we must see that we are afraid of the thing we most desire. And so we live a mediocre life and never bring to consummation the primary impulse of our heart. Wow. This podcast is just that for me. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Thank you for reading this book with me. Uh, I really look forward to creating clips so that we can engage in some discourse because it does feel like a monologue at the end of the day. But I do want to hear from you. I want to read from you. And I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your thoughts on what your favorite parts were, what quotes resonated most with you. And if we have to come back to this book, I'm, I have no problem with that at all, because this is one of those that I think I need to read every couple of years. Thankfully, I have all these notes that I've taken meticulously. So I have all these to reference, but just getting back into the book is going to be something great. Maybe I find something that I didn't value before, but because I'm in a different situation now or a different age or a different um, position uh, these things are going to read a little different. So I'll never forget um, lead with love first. Um, alignment is the most important part of everything that we're trying to do. Do what is in alignment with the life that you want to live. And I'm going to read that last quote again because I think it was really beautiful. We must see that we are afraid of the thing we most desire. And so we live a mediocre life, never bringing to consummation the primary impulse of our heart. Before you can bring that primary impulse to fruition, we must find out what that is first. So go within so you don't have to be without. Ooh. <laughs> yeah.